a lot of times what makes things uh, special are what makes us special as individuals, what it makes each of one us unique. And if we are able to impart part of that into what we do, that will finally hit off to whoever's listening, searing, using our products. Hello, welcome back to the Gusto Podcast, where we dive into the creative process and the human experience. I'm Shab, this is the second episode, and I'm so excited to have my good friend Gregory Lee as our first guest. Gregory is based in Lima, Peru. We've been friends for almost 20 years, and he's been running a comfort clothing line called Rising Dragon for almost 13 years. So I'm so excited to have him here today to talk about his process, his journey that got him to where he is today. Enjoy. Hi, Gregory. <laughs> Hi, Shots. Welcome Great to, see you. to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. This is the first um, first time I'm interviewing someone on a podcast and this podcast. So we'll see how this goes. But I think this should be easy considering great. we're old friends. <laughs> great, great. Um, yeah, years already. Um, for people who will be listening who don't know you, I want to start off with the beginning of your journey as a person that led you to eventually Rising Dragon, wherever you think that mm-hmm. story begins. Uh, okay, great. So, well, first of all, uh, once again, thanks, Charles, for having me on the podcast. Hi to everybody that's hearing us right now. My name is Gregory Lee. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Rising Dragon, which is a comfort clothing brand, which we'll talk more detail about in the podcast uh, about me and what brought me into doing what I'm doing currently, which is uh, uh, this brand of comfort clothing. Essentially, is I think my family because well, my family's always been in the textile business and textile industry uh, since my grandfather, pretty much uh, here in Peru, which is where I'm at right now, and uh, my originally doing different things of uh, the industrial side of part of textile, let's say uh, the weaving and the cloth making and all that. And uh, then also doing manufacturing. And uh, that's pretty much always been in, let's say, would spend my vacations as uh, in Peru, lots of times as useful vacations, as my parents would love to say. Uh, helping out and stuff like that. So even though I never studied the fashion or design or anything like that, uh, let's say the fashion business or textile business has always been somewhat uh, in my blood in the way we've, I've been uh, raised. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did you, did it always feel like an obvious um, next step or progression was it ever even a question that you would think about doing something else uh i think i mean on the one hand it's a tough i don't know if tough question but definitely Mm -hmm. one of those things that on the one hand 
yes, there was a bit of like, oh, this is what you're going to do in the future type, type right. of thing. Even though, uh, let's say, well, as our viewer, our listeners won't necessarily know, but uh, we met each other in LA shops. And uh, definitely when I was over there, uh, let's say my family was obviously, let's say my core family, my dad, my mom, weren't in the textile business as were my uncles and my grandfather, let's right. say on my mother's side in Peru. And uh, so let's say on one hand, uh, wasn't necessarily something I had to do in the sense that at one point, let's say my dad uh, was thinking of, oh, you should be doing something in finance or something or banking or whatever. And uh, on the other hand, my mother's side of the family has always really liked uh, entrepreneurship and all that. And uh, then when we came back to Peru, we moved back. Uh, my mother started a small manufacturing operation. Uh, and uh, well, then it started seeming a bit more natural of, okay, you'll continue this instead of doing, uh, let's say, working for somebody else. And on parallelly, of course, uh, I found a way to like it because let's say, instead of doing the industrial side and all that, uh, I decided to launch my own clothing brand uh, and obviously compliments. And this is something that I do like to do on my own. So that became a natural choice after a while, even though, uh, and I, I identify myself a lot with the things you've said on your blog, for example, shops about, uh, taking decisions and all that. No, for example, when I finished uh, university or uh, last year of university, a lot of my friends were interning at uh, different big companies here in Peru. And then their obvious choice was, okay, I'm going to do a professional jump on the ladder and uh, grow professionally mm -hmm. into one of these big uh, name companies. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm going to do in my small brand thing. And uh, on the one hand, it was like, is this less because you're not working at Procter & Gamble or because you're not at a big mining company and you're in something small where you're doing it all on your own and uh, there aren't any end of the year parties like everybody else has and uh, nice activities and social events where the big company invites you to and you're on your own doing everything and it was like and a, and a friend actually helped me but it was like hey don't think that because it's your own small thing that it's any less than working at the big company multinational uh, multinational or whatever so that definitely helped me at that point to say, hey, I mean, this really is what I want to do and uh, I shouldn't be scared of doing it and let's just jump into the pool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like um, you kind of flipped the story on its head and made it something exciting and something more empowering to create something on your own from the ground up versus, oh, I'm just going to, um, you know, I guess work for my parent like family's company I guess but it's actually more empowering yeah. <laughs> than than that storyline um the way that you're approaching it yeah definitely definitely I mean I think if if you're more forced into doing what you're doing and okay well I have to do this because this is what my family does and mm -hmm. I have no say in it uh versus let's say trying to grab whatever resources you do have because exactly. at the end of the day instead of seeing it as a liability seeing it as an asset 
right. and telling yourself, okay, I have all this and what can I do that also mixes and matches with what I really want to do. Of course, if let's say I wanted to do, I don't know, theater or something that obviously would have been much harder to (laughs) mix both things but maybe you could have created clothing for actors theater theater productions (laughs) yeah right um but yeah that's so true I mean you have so many resources and so much knowledge like just like right there in front of you um that most people don't even have at the very beginning stages which is totally something to um um like that was a a benefit in your court um yeah definitely yeah um cool i mean it's interesting you were talking about how it felt like you were i mean obviously you were taking a different path than your friends but um it's just like the societal ideas of like what it feels like to be in a corporate job and all like the parties that they had at the end of the year and all the perks that they might have working for big corporations whereas you know maybe they envied you you know maybe they also wanted to start a business on their own it's always interesting to to see it's like the decisions that we make right like you were talking about and then um what comes after that um yeah yeah the grass is always screen on the other side definitely sometimes so we always have to take a step back and uh, appreciate or look at what we really have and appreciate what we really have because sometimes we forget as well let's say things that you say like uh being able to take as your own boss being able to take off your own time off whenever you want uh or having more flexibility but at the same time uh being a i mean having the responsibility obviously having to shoulder everything and uh, knowing that if you take time off, you have to probably compensate it by working over hours on the weekends and stuff like that. Right, right. <laughs> um, so when exactly would, did you start Rising Dragon, the, this brand? So the brand started uh, actually end of September 2009. It's oh, been wow. a while already. So, like, that yeah, was it was last year of school. Okay, yeah. Yes, last year, yeah, last year of the Lycee here mm-hmm. in Peru. And uh, actually started it as a, and I, not let's say a project, but I was actually on traveling with my mom. And I was like, oh, it would be, be cool to do something of, let's say, on of my own. And I was like, yeah. And uh, looking at, uh, we actually started off originally as an underwear mm-hmm, brand. I remember that. Yeah. underwear and uh, for men. And uh, that's when uh, it was like, okay, let's. And I was looking at what the off what was offered here in Peru, mm-hmm. and definitely either things were let's say uh, very traditional brands, very boring designs, uh, average quality, good quality, and then you had let's say some big brands, uh, or let's say uh, let's for example Calvin Klein, which mm-hmm. is more design than quality, and then you had other things that they were bringing in from China that okay. had more design but very poor quality, and I said why. I mean, we know how to do this well. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not show that you can really give a good product uh, and that with like a nice design that, for example, for people, et cetera, and that wouldn't have to be boring. I mean, they're not sacrifice design for quality pretty much. And uh, so that's how it started. And then uh, we continued growing uh, 
by expanding the different uh, product lines that we had uh, from underwear to pajamas and then now loungewear and uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts and all that. And uh, both for men and for women. So that's pretty much where we're at right now. And it's definitely been a, an adventure. I bet. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. starting from, uh, I'd say when I started, it was definitely only a friends and family type business. Mm-hmm. Very small was obviously during school and or, let uh, I me mean, little last months of school and then during the university uh obviously trying to balance a lot of things uh let's say work and trying to grow this but at the same time taking it like a hobby at the beginning Mm -hmm. and then let's say starting 2012 maybe uh my cousins just launched which I live with they started a a coffee business and so I was like oh and uh, their families were really investing into that because they were getting out of the textile business and moving into the coffee business so it was like oh okay I really have to push this if I want to not stay behind because they were growing a lot. They did a lot. And so uh, that's where the brand went much more public in the sense that uh, started, uh, well, they actually had their first point of sale outside of the factory. They had, they opened up a small cafeteria there and uh, which was on the, on street level. Mm -hmm. And I actually started selling there too, but uh, on the street pretty much because I, the only thing I had, they had more of an infrastructure. And since I was much smaller, I only had, let's say, brought a table out with clothing and I would sell people on the street and or people that would go for, stop for coffee and I would try to sell them underwear. That was Whoa. pretty much the magic yeah. coffee and underwear. Interesting So combo. it was pretty harsh at the beginning. <laughs> harsh at the beginning. And uh, especially because, for example, I would do this on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's say at first years of of college, my friends were obviously had much more time to do extra, let's say, uh, sports or different mm-hmm. activities or stuff or clubs and uh, or just go out and relax and stuff like that. And I was obviously trying to manage university grades and trying to do this on the weekends. Underwear. And all that. And, <laughs> this is first year yeah. of university, you said? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much first right. uh, first, first year, years. two years of okay. university, yeah. And then uh, after that, uh, started doing it. Uh, I mean, not only I had that, but also here in Peru, you have to do internships while at college the last year, two years. So I was managing or balancing, more like balancing an internship plus uh, uni plus uh, and college and trying to obviously grow this even more so that was the whole experience we started selling through a lot of sales fairs and that had uh, sales people that would help me and uh, I'd always still have trying to do everything so it was quite an adventure and uh, when I graduated I decided to just stay doing what I on the brand Mm -hmm. I did do some part-time work with uh, some other companies but still mainly focused on the brand and uh, then everything changed with, for example, the pandemic, uh, because that was also a huge uh, catalyst for change, obviously everywhere. Right. How did that, what did that do to you and your business? I mean, that was very interesting times, first of all, because so uh, before the pandemic, the last few years, let's say almost 60 to 70% of our sales were done through uh, selling at fairs 
Oh, wow. Uh, we would sell at uh, some were like just fairs open to the general public uh, for uh, help uh, NGOs or stuff like that. Mm. Or, and also uh, to do, uh, we would also work with a lot of companies to do with human resources, sell products at their, at the businesses to do like dif- discounts on special dates. Got so it. the workers would have like a benefit of getting uh, discounted products at the workplace and because mm-hmm. they would work so hard, they wouldn't have time to shop. Right. And uh, <laughs> all that obviously disappeared from the night over from one moment to the next. Right. Uh, and it was very, I mean, it's been two very interesting years because we already had the website launched, uh, but e-com here in Peru versus let's say the States is obviously or Europe much, much, uh, I mean, so behind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, people were scared here from things like, oh, they might steal my credit card information. Or maybe, I mean, people have had experiences like, oh, I buy products and then they never ship it to me and I get stiffed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pandemic forced people to buy online if they wanted it or not wanted. So that accelerated e-com adoption by maybe 10 to 20 years or something like that. So that was crazy. Uh, and the website, which before, I mean, we had it, but people, I would tell people would set advertisement to our customers and they would tell them, hey, just in case uh, you can purchase for us online and we can deliver. And they would, we would uh, meet a customer at a fair and they were like, oh, I wanted to buy from you but I couldn't find you. So I went to buy at a department store and I didn't like the products, but I already bought. So sorry. Oh. I was like, we send you the advertisement all day long. I would do you need like smoke signals. And it's like, oh. oh yeah. Oh, I forgot. And all that changed. So wow. uh, last year in Peru, especially uh, what was very interesting was uh, because of supply line uh, disruptions. Uh, a lot, most, a lot of people that had, went to buy at the department stores, which were, let's say, the uh, businesses that would give most trust to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they broke consumers' trust wow. because right. they a lot of people bought during the pandemic and they received their products five months later, four mm-hmm. months later uh, because of these issues. And so people got more than, oh, not only got really angry with them, they started uh, buying from smaller brands locally, let's say in your community. And that obviously changed a lot of things too, because people were willing to try out new brands that they hadn't heard of, smaller brands that gave us a lot of opportunity. And we were specially positioned. Uh, I mean, not everything in the, t- in the clothing business did well during the pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Before the pandemic, we were thinking of actually changing into shirts or outerwear stuff like mm-hmm. that because here in Peru nobody wanted to really pay for comfort it was like oh I mean but nobody sees it so why do I want to spend so much money on it or why I only need one and then who cares if it has any holes or whatever and uh, you would see people buying let's say five shirts but only one pajama it was like okay so we're losing money here and then everything changed with the pandemic and everybody wanted comfort wear. And so we were already doing that and we had the products and it was like, so we were actually able to grow during the pandemic and our operations became a hundred percent online right. from uh, being, let's say only 10, 20% sale online sales to a hundred percent online. 
and growing with that. And so that has been a whole adventure by itself of how everything's changed. Uh, and also the, let's say the whole uh, environment ecosystem here in Peru has changed in the sense that before it was so much harder to do shipping. Now everybody had to, all the shipping companies adapted into working with smaller companies and working with uh, e-com and doing all that and now making it much cheaper and everybody's, so everything changed, making it also much more uh, possible to do all these sales. And uh, customers that, let's say, before would never purchase online, now you had people that would got used to buying online and could buy uh, each two months, each three months when before a person that was loyal to, I would consider somebody that would go look for me at one or two fairs a year and that would be a mm -hmm. loyal customer. Right. And... Uh, so everything changed a lot. And that's been a really gratifying, challenging situation of how to try and navigate all this uh, and try to obviously take as advantage as much as possible uh, to grow. Even though, for example, last year, no, like before, I don't know if let's say just giving a number, there were 10 brands that were focusing on comfort because everybody was doing outerwear then suddenly everybody started doing comfort. So right. now everybody's your competition. So even the people that are, <laughs> that were doing suits and shirts yeah. are now launching their comfort line of sweatpants and sweatshirts. So it's like, everybody is trying to jump on the bandwagon and you have to try to still maintain your place and uh, get your message through and say, okay, why should you buy me and not somebody else? So whole challenge. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. Wow. I mean, crazy, crazy turn of events. <laughs> um, yes, that, that is for sure. <laughs> but I mean, this all sounds like for the better for, um, in, you know, in this scenario and also just, you know, the fact that so many people had to adapt. It, sounds like it's also allowing for more opportunities for other small businesses to also come into play which I mean can yeah. of course create technically more competition more saturation in the market but I mean at the end of the day I think it's all this is all good things for the you know small businesses and local economies and um giving yeah, like no, more sure. empowering more people to um to be able to just put stuff out into the world yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been really interesting times, especially in Peru. Well, one of the things that's interesting about Peru is that they say that we're one of the countries with the highest rate of uh, entrepreneurial spirit or stuff like that. <laughs> so definitely. I mean, and I know that in the States happened as well, but during that pandemic, people were like, okay, uh, I lost my job or I don't have anything to do or they cut my salary. So what can I do now in my time? Or I have more time because I'm at home. Uh, and so therefore people started up opening businesses. And so a lot of people have been trying different things. And uh, it's an interesting way how to see how new things have launched and all that. <laughs> totally. That's really cool to hear. Um, I mean, everything you're talking about obviously saw a very similar um, shift even in LA, but obviously LA yeah. was already used to, you know, shopping online. <laughs> Um, but yeah. definitely the shift in supporting, you know, even people would rather now spend a little bit more on quality that comes from someone they actually know or can, mm -hmm. you know, feel like they can know versus 
something else. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, what do you think you have learned through the past, I guess, I mean, now 13 years? <laughs> I mean, it's, you probably Almost. learned a lot. Sounds also old now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you could take a, take like, you know, big, you know, zoom out, look at those 13 years and view it as like one, like one experience, what would you take away so far? I mean, like lessons, let's put it as lessons, for example, that other, that uh, could help other people, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, one of the hardest things is definitely to persevere. I mean, one of the most important things is to persevere. Uh, it's so so hard. I mean, especially when we're so used to instant gratification, it's so hard to, uh, push and continue pushing, uh, especially when, uh, and this, let's say adds up to the fact of, as you were talking before, society and comparisons, Mm -hmm. because, uh, we're always constantly comparing ourselves, I think, to our peers and to, uh, what, how much are they earning? What are they doing? Other people open up a business. Why are they doing better than I am? Uh, and uh, at let's say when the day that you don't sell anything and you're just, okay, how long can I continue doing this? And uh, wondering if, uh, is this the right decision or not? Or should I just give up? Uh, and who knows, maybe you actually had to continue pushing a few more months and you've made it or not. I mean... Obviously, an entrepreneurial, I mean, the, the path of an entrepreneur is definitely not easy. Uh, I remember especially a friend, like they said, oh, I want to open up a business so I uh, can take time off whenever I can. It's right. like, wait, that doesn't work like that. Right. It's more like every uh, single day uh, at un- all until you make it, until yeah. you make it, right. <laughs> maybe then you'll have time. But other than that, you'll be the hardest worker in the room because exactly. if you don't work, nobody else will do it. <laughs> right. So, uh, and you definitely start thinking about the business 24 seven. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, you have ideas, you have to start writing things down or whatever. Right. You're always constantly working. And if somebody writes to you at 10 PM, you have to decide if you answer them or not, if that's potential sale or not, stuff like that. So your life definitely changes. Priorities change. Uh, so you have to be, I mean, willing to work harder than everybody else uh to push for your dreams so it really has i I mean as they say and it really is true whatever you do you really have to be do something that you believe in Mm -hmm. and that you really like because if not you'll just give up because you're bored and uh it's it's hard it's just hard to do uh to continue on the path when let's say you see other people making money and doing well and it's like oh here i am trying to push this cart and let's see when it'll finally start really rolling instead of like going at uh turtle speed so the perseverance is one of the key factors and knowing that you'll have to work a lot and uh finding something that you really like to do to be able to not give up on it uh i think that those are part of the most important things uh also be very willing to listen to people, listen to customer base, listen to advice. And at the same time, being able to know how to filter 
uh, what is, I mean, sometimes we get caught up into listening to too many people and then you lose yourself, right. you lose whatever you thought was the origin. And then, uh, or maybe people just talk because they talk and then mm-hmm. you act on that. And at the end, you took your, you heard the wrong advice and then for you're doing the, going the wrong direction to backtrack. Right. So, uh, and not be afraid of going and backtracking and correcting and doing that again and quantity of times till you really find your way. So it's definitely not a linear journey. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, that all and, makes sense. Uh, and, and try to have, I mean, even though it's hard, try to find, obviously, have fun during the way. And, uh, and yeah, I think those are part of the most uh, important lessons. And obviously try to find, I mean, let's say in a business standpoint, trying to find something that uh, is, uh, and that ties to my personal history. I think try to find something that's innovative, something that is different from what's offered in the market. And obviously try to, at, at the same time, gather your strengths, be it, or your assets, be it your background, uh, all that. But also what makes, I think that let's say, what people want are things that are unique. So other than let's say if we're a scientist and we discovered a special type of formula that makes a special type of fabric or recipe or whatever, a lot of times what makes things uh, special are what makes us special as individuals, what it makes each of one us unique. So let's say all of us have a, spe- a huge background and of experiences, family history, family backgrounds that have been put together to make us a special, unique individual. And if we are able to impart part of that into what we do, be it uh, through uh, a creative lens, uh, a a special type of taste or fashion goo or whatever into what we like uh, and what we transmit finally in the object, in the uh, service, in the creative presentation or whatever, uh that will finally and uh hit off to whoever's listening searing using our products as a uh, unique and uh, obviously we have to find people our customer base will finally be people that find whatever we do uh that they like whatever we do and uh that's finally what we have to shoot for i mean how to imprint our personal uh style or whatever into what we do I mean, even for example, in fashion, I mean, what I do, nobody is reinventing the sweatpants. I mean, there's only five, so many ways to do it. So it's uh, in fashions, like everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's doing sweatpants and sweatshirts right now, here in Peru and t-shirts, how to make yours, in my, in my case, how to make my, what the products I do, how to make them mine, how do they make them rising dragon and not somebody says, oh, maybe that's exactly the same thing as whatever you buy in the market for half the price or one third of the price. So, and that's the intangible, which creates at the end of the day, the value other than obviously having to have a good product and it has to feel well, look well or whatever. <laughs> that was incredible. That last, yeah, everything you just said, that last point, I think is so important. I feel like um, we take, like people sometimes strive for uniqueness so far to the point where they're striving for uniqueness as this concept that they can go seek and look for and find 
in others yeah. or in something else when like you're saying no one's really in it it's not about innovation it's not about creating the craziest newest kind of sweatpant <laughs> that's not what you're stri- trying to do here um it's just but what makes it unique is the fact that you are the one that is creating it yeah and all that <laughs> <laughs> awesome that was incredible um i wow i don't even know where to go from here um <laughs> Well, okay, I do. Where are you going to go from here? Do you have any dreams or goals that you would like to share with me and whoever listens? Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see the brand uh, continue growing, not only in Peru, but uh, going global. I mean, we just started a few months ago to ship internationally. Uh, with DHL so that really is a uh, let's say one step forward obviously it's uh, so if we can reach global and uh, make the brand really grow exponentially that would be incredible and being able to share what we do and get other people to on different parts of the world using my clothes that would be like amazing obviously yes. um, I, an ideal goal uh, and uh yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, we're still a long way there, but uh, continue to uh, move uh, little by little in that direction with uh, continuous perseverance and hard work <laughs> to make that possible. And yeah, it's pretty much. I mean, at least in the moment, that's that's me on the sideline. Other than the brand, I'm also launching a new business. Oh, what? just started right now. That's cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, for everybody that's listening, it's actually the first, uh, it's a plant business, but it's the first Amazon for plants. What? Uh, actually in Peru, Latin America, and one of the few that exist in the world. What happens is that a lot of people, let's say in the States or here, uh, brands, originally gardening is a thing, something that a lot of people have bought in person, mm-hmm. especially here in Peru. Uh, only during the pandemic did a lot of brands uh, start opening up their e-com. But mm. uh, a lot of these, let's say, are specialized. And so this one does orchids and this one does planters and this one does spoil and this one does uh, uh, like the bug kill uh, sure. sprays and uh, type of stuff. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we would be where I've designed the first uh, marketplace, let's say the Amazon, which is the easiest image of this uh, right. of plants and gardening supplies. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. So What's it called? That goes also. Can we know what it's called? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's called Jardín, which is garden in, in Spanish. Jardín.pe. Yeah, with a J. J-A-R-D-I-N. Dot P-E? That's easy. Jada. Yeah. Yeah. Jada.p. That's great that you even got that URL. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know. I mean, it's like if I can get garden.pe, I mean, what, how, how hard can I be? Yeah. So, I mean, wow. that, that's to show that uh, people have not been working on exactly. doing plans online. I mean, if you can get right. garden. I wanted to get garden.com, but obviously that's a bit hard. I mean, hadin.p yeah, is the closest thing to garden.com, right? <laughs> 
unless you're prudent. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. Okay, then I'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> we'll circle back in yeah. here when that um needs an introduction here. <laughs> that would be yeah, really that cool. would, we should be hopefully launching uh next month. Okay. And uh I mean obviously very small at the beginning, mm-hmm. but uh we'll see how that grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, very excited about that because as in the States and in Europe and I mean worldwide, the interest in gardening and plants and plant lovers and totally uh, I mean grown exponentially in the last few years. I mean like I, I feel like if a few years ago you had this idea, it would have been a little bit weird for the concept of shipping plants, but that is people like everyone's buying ordering plants online at this point i mean not everybody but i mean we're lucky in la to be surrounded by so much greenery and you know nurseries but some people in the middle of nowhere slash not in such thriving green areas are doing it especially so much in the past couple years so yeah very cool um fantastic keep keep persevering (laughs) don't burn out though that's for sure take some time yeah yeah that's also hard (laughs) it's also hard that too but so that's why we take short vacations a weekend at least try to that's good that's good (laughs) cool well thank you so much i think i'm gonna cut the um, podcast off here thank you so much for talking okay great um i loved everything you had to share I can't wait for people to listen to this. I can't wait to see where both of your businesses go. And yeah, is there anything else you want to say? No, sorry. Just uh, thank you very much for having me along. Once again, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, Love you. Love everything you're doing. And uh, so to everybody that's hearing us, so if you want to check out what we do, we're risingdragon.pd as a URL and website. Also the same uh, for Facebook and Instagram and uh, well as you heard we ship on worldwide right now so <laughs> check us out awesome thank you so much Gregory have a great day thank you you too